Hey everyone, welcome to Business Access by TD Image. My name is Tiago D'Souza and I'm excited to have Ben C. Ruth here today. He's the original syndicate, that's his company, and I'm excited to talk to him because we are going to do this. Listen up real quick. We are going to ignite the power of resiliency. Ben, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, <laughs> like this conversation between you and I, it's been in development for like a month or two. And I'm truly excited that we got to the point to record it because it's just to go through the process in creating this has been something that's been learning for me. Like, I, I don't even know where to start with it because there's there's so much when I use the word ignite, there, there's so much that you hear that people will hear in this conversation that hopefully ignites them to find the true power of resiliency. Well, look, I, I was, uh, as you know, I was inspired by um, a lot of the work that you've put into this podcast. And it sounds a little convenient, I suppose, as a listener, but um, igniting this idea of resilience or igniting this idea of perseverance, you know, through COVID or through whatever your business is going through and, and mine, you know, is, is truly inspiring. And so um, I think in, in many ways, we're just uh, kind of circling around the same energy, right? I mean, just to kind of get us all in that positive mindset to make sure we're moving forward, uh, we're holding it together and we're sharing, you know, maybe our little secrets and, of the trade, uh, so to speak, to to achieve those uh, those next steps, you know, the incremental day by days that we kind of get ourselves through. So, no, I, I attribute um, this great conversation we've been having for a few weeks now over that uh, camaraderie, over that mindset. I think, and it's it's and it's truly from the people that I speak with. It's, it's it's not me at all. I get on this mic and I speak to all you guys, and I learn so much. And it's just like I said, it ignited me. It inspires me to keep moving forward. It inspires me to find, focus on finding solutions. And that's why we're talking about resiliency. So from, from talking to you, resiliency is much more than what people truly think it is. Well, I do think that, the, you know, it, it's a word that resonates with me and, and has resonated with me. And, and even, um, you know, you, you see it all over the place. So clearly it's connecting to a lot of people, right? right? I mean, I think it's become popular this year because it represents something that people can lean on, you know, to get through this crisis. And, you know, in the same respects, it might be a word that makes you feel anxious, uh, maybe a little bit more anxious because like, should I be more resilient? Should I know what that means? You know, should be able, I be able to pinpoint uh, the aspects of resiliency that I'm exhibiting or holding on to or valuing, you know, um, it's a complex word as well, because if you look it up, it, it means a combination of coping with adversity as well as protecting yourself from it. Right. So it's like, how do I cope if I'm, prote if I'm protected from it appropriately, should I have to cope with it? Well, but let's face it, you know, we can't expect to know when adversity hits us. So I think it's that combination of being able to take it, and in some respects, deal with it uh, or bounce back from it, which some people say. And then it's also learning from it and deciding that there are ways that I can avoid this pain, particular pain point moving forward. And I think that's that's the interesting thing about how that the beautiful thing about this word that, um, you know, has that duality of meaning that I think is something that people are really latching on to. I think the exciting thing for me in this word is that it's an, it's an action-based word. It's, yeah. not, it's not something that you do and it's complete. It's something that you keep moving forward with. It's something that's in motion and you keep it in motion. And that's the cool thing about it is what I've learned is that true resiliency is something that doesn't just drive you forward, but it drives you to keep going. Yeah. I, look, I think you're you're hitting on this notion of, uh, you know, the, the action has to be a, a cause and effect based action. It has to be something that is rhythmic. And, 
you know, you have people even, you know, through your podcast who talk about who are experts much more than I am. And, and certainly on this topic. Uh, but I think that, you know, you, you, you look at it as not an end state, right? There's no, there's no point where you're resilient and that's it, right? Yeah. It's, it's a constant series of actions and reactions to, to things that either someone else has experienced. If you're, if you're lucky enough to learn from someone else's issues, um, no offense to them, but you know, then that's human nature as well as dealing with your own issues. Um, you know, if we weren't sentient, uh, you know, we'd be out there using our instincts and just kind of living the day as our predecessors did almost identically, but we're not, we learn from it, you know, so that action has to be something particularly now, uh, that is, uh, more purposeful, right? Because we don't really know what the next thing is. And, and, you know, this happens every now and then. It happens maybe every 10 years economically. It happens um, maybe seasonally with illnesses or with other types of things that happen quarterly. And, and if you're in a in sort of an earnings-based business, but, um, you know, uh, it happens rarely, uh, maybe once every 100 years where a pandemic happens and, you know, the confluence of all these issues comes to rest uh, and roost on your doorstep and then what do you do you know so there's a there's a lot of value in, in understanding it as a perpetual energy uh in a series of actions over it being a a single state or an end state so to speak that is so true and what would you say it takes to have that fuel to keep going yeah. well i mean there 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 actually i mean i think that you know what like you know i've been talking about it you know there there is there's all these theories right and there's this sort of medical side to it there's a psychological side to it there's a pragmatic side to it uh to me having learned now you know like there like many others who are who are you know you and i both know or 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 know independently you know there are things that either have added up to resilience to this point in time um and continue to be things that we focus on uh and there are areas that um you know, we're a little bit lost in, you know, so for me, I mean, I liken it to um, your heart, you know, and it's kind of not, not even, you know, the, the, the sort of metaphor is multi-purpose here because I do think it takes some soul searching a little bit to, to deal with it. But, you know, the heart works by pulling uh, oxygen, poor blood into the right ventricle and pushes oxygen rich blood out of the left ventricle. But how does it actually make it oxygen rich? You know, it pushes it through the lungs and in a way the lungs to me and that metaphor represents the way we stay alive by filtering that sort of deficient information and pushing it out into positive information and understanding what do the lungs do in this metaphorical analogy. Right. So it's it's this idea that there has to be a cycle, a process of taking this adversity and kind of translating it into a resilient behavior. And for me, there's. I mean, obviously, for this discussion, I've, I've put a little effort into trying to codify it a little bit um, and not to fabricate it, but simply to, to look back and look at it and go, what were those steps and stages? What were those independent elements that kind of fit together as a system of actions that, to me, add up to the end state or a middle state or a, a, a perpetual state of resilience or building resiliency yeah. over time? Yeah, that is so true. And I think and we've talked about as examples, um, athletes uh, and people at, that are that are at that level, I, I think they inspire me because uh, I think a lot of athletes have that 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 fuel for their mm. resiliency. Um, it, it's something that's really interesting because you see certain people like let's talk about. I, I want to uh, just bring up really quick uh, Kobe Bryant. The mm -hmm. the stories that I've heard of him. It's incredible because this gentleman, he even when he was known to be the best in basketball, he would still be at the gym practicing at 4 a.m. He would still be at the gym two to four hours prior to the team getting there to practice. And that just says something to me that that shows that that fuel that fuels him, that ignites his resiliency into in, in being great and to achieving his goal and to getting to where he wants to. Um, and it's inspiring when I read those stories. And I think that's something that people need to look at, not just, oh my gosh, he he's above and beyond me, but no, but that he works. He, he, he 
finds his fuel. He does exactly what you just talked about, which he he filters the bad, the negative, the 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 things that is not going to support him moving forward, and he reignites himself on the other side to keep moving forward with with, with whatever inspires him. I kind of flopped that a little bit, but it's it, it's that that clean, fresh fuel that he puts in himself to get up at four o'clock in the morning. If that makes sense, no doubt, no doubt. Look, I think the thing about you know, athletes, um, that makes it a very approachable reference for us is that, you know, we draw from that incredible amount of energy that great athletes put into their performances, you know, and you can, you can probably, you can pull from any number of sports, man, woman, culture, you know, nationality, whatever age, and a great athlete is a great athlete because of that dedication. And, you know, we talk about things in the business side, referring to athletes very often because we get it. And any degree of activity that we've had, whether you're digging a ditch or playing basketball or, you know, doing something else that's physical and you're getting calluses or you're playing guitar and you're getting calluses on your fingertips or whatever you're doing, you know, you're going, this is evidence. It's a physical evidence of my energy being pushed to its limits and you look at it and you go well you know what what happens then well physiologically our bodies change and adapt to that rigor so that we can do more and you think of that in terms of you know kobe would probably talk about you know calluses on his heels calluses on his hands you know injuries elbows knees and everything else and the buildup of you know endurance and durability and you know that comes from those hours and hours and hours put into making their efforts almost reactionary, almost to, to, to completely, um, you know, like my, without, without having to even think about it, you know, they're, they're playing the game, they're playing in the game at a high level. And that's so they're prepared to face adversity in new ways. He doesn't have to worry about making a shot from any point in the court because he's done that hours and hours and hours. So what he can worry about is where does he have to go? Where does that ball have to go? to make it in the hoop and to do that over and over and over again. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about, the ability to cope and the ability to, um, you know, plan and prepare to, to make sure that you're not thwarted by those eventualities, you know, and I think that's what we're all facing and not to, not to, you know, sort of continue to pound on it, but, you know, there are experiences that we all have, there are experiences that we can refer to. And part of understanding the nature of resilience is the storytelling. You know, so you you reference um, Kobe, and that's going to stay with us. And we'll we'll probably think about that, and we'll think about Kobe in many different ways uh, as he continues to inspire, you know, his peers and people who looked up to him in the NBA or elsewhere, just as a community individual or someone to aspire to. I mean, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and so while Kobe is best known as a Laker, you know. Um, he's represented in Pennsylvania as being somebody who's kind of risen above the limitations of, of that market, you know, and, and coming from out of an area that I grew up in, I can tell you it's, it's not necessarily a, um, you know, a, uh, a factory of professional talent. You know, it takes, it takes grit and it takes rigor. It takes uh, perseverance and it takes all the things that add up to resilience when you become one of the world's greatest in a particular sport, you know, in many respects. Yeah. And, and we see that today. You know, I talk about sport because and I talk about Kobe because he's such an incredible example. But we 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 truly see that example everywhere around us, especially today uh, with um, literally the whole world uh, battling uh, ways to beat COVID-19. And right. and you see this in uh, especially like in the medical profession today that people that are in the front line, that they are out there and, and they know what they're, they're facing life or death when, once they walk into that hospital, but they walk into that hospital every day with no second thought of not coming in, no second thought uh, of taking the day off. They just keep going in there. And I have a lot of friends who are in emergency medicine and, and I hear these stories and I hear how they, when adversity comes to them, they do what they need to to get rid of it. 
they would literally go yell into a pillow or, or they go outside to get some fresh air. They do whatever it takes to be able to get back into that room and take care of that patient. So it's, there's, when we talk about resiliency and, and talk about these part of it, it's something so incredible and something so unique that it's truly there. Now, I talk about Kobe and I also talk about uh, um, medical care professionals, but I also see this in people that are taking care of our trash, people that are doing our, taking care of our mail. There's a resiliency to, to just get up and to move forward and just keep going in them also. And I'm so inspired by them uh, that that it's something that I feel people really need to tap into that right now is very difficult to tap into. Yeah. I, well, I think you, you know, you're talking about a mindset thing that, that kind of it, it, it runs independent from vocation. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing people who are faced with particular hardship in the medical field because of the obvious reasons. I mean, confronting death and near death and all the different, you know, the onslaught of the many ways that this virus has manifest, you know, in different people of different ages and different degrees of severity and being right. able to, you know, deal with that on a day to day basis, on a moment to moment basis. And imagining every patient is a person, an individual, you know, unique story, so to speak must be incredibly hard and first responders as well out in the world and um, prioritize vocations that just need to keep us afloat, you know, and that could be food service or, or waste management or any other type of HVAC system or, or gas station attendant, whoever, right. That just needs to keep things going along and they take things in their own hands. And how do they do that? You know, it can't all be, economically motivated there is a certain aspect of getting there and doing the job and feeling like there is a reward in that and there's a, a more of a humanity humanity based look at it and i think that what that stems from not to go too deep or, or get too heady is this idea of our primordial grit you know we we have learned for many ages now how to live in comfort and to live without having to feel the pain of hard labor, you know, but when we're faced like this, where, you know, a large, large amount of our population has to sort of carry the burden of the day to day, you know, I think what we're digging into is this kind of ancient grit that, that is what makes humans human, you know, that really distinguishes us that when you pair intellect with uh, sort of a mission oriented mindset, yeah. Right. That you get very specific outcomes. And if those outcomes are are kind of dedicated to others and can make others benefit from it, then you get the benefit of many people digging into that sort of perseverance and and the constitutional nature of having um, that ability to focus energy and to make it um, make it universally worthwhile. And so that's something that's really important. I think it. I like that aspect of it, too, because, you know, why do this if it's only self-serving? Right. You know, it's got to get to the point where, you know, this benefits people. And in our industry, too, I mean, we just anecdotally, um, last year, Original Syndicate was involved in a, a large profile project in China. And this was prior to COVID and everything else. And, you know, we had worked with people in the U.S., in uh the APAC region in Australia, and also obviously in China, Beijing, Shanghai, uh, and across Singapore and other areas of Asia, just to make it work. And, you know, then COVID happened. And, you know, you, you talk to friends who are in these regions, you talk to people who are, who grew up in China or Beijing, and, and they're reaching out to me and to our team and to say, hey, are you guys okay? And, you know, we had it really bad. And now we're emerging from it, and you have it really bad. And, you know, can we offer any help? And, you know, what you see there is resilience at scale. You yeah. know, I think you see something where people who care for other people and who have the ability to both cope and prepare are extending those pieces of knowledge and, and that encouragement globally. And, uh, you know, we're lucky the way we're set up because we're set up to work globally like that and as a system. But, um, 
you know, I think it can work at any scale. You know what I mean? I think it can work if it's your neighbor or if it's your relative or if it's your friend around the corner or across the world or wherever, you know, as if it's purposeful. And I think that's the key thing. I mean, New York Times started a series on resilience that now has moved into subsets of health and wellness and even horse racing. And it's great because anecdotally, um, they tackle some of these more subjective sides to resilience. You know, is it a mindset? Um, is it a concept that's overrated? You know, does it ask too much of you? Um, you know, it, how does it work in a, you know, like in the case of course of horse riding, you know, um, you know, if you're a woman in that industry and what does it take to be successful? And it's literally like we talked about with sports, it's literally falling off the horse and getting back up again. You know, it's like yeah. metaphors in action. Um, so I think true. it's really important, as you stated, you know, how do we look at resilience as an action? How do we put it into action? And how do we maintain those actions so that others can benefit from it? So we're benefiting from it, but we're also allowing time to pass in a positive way where we're making it through. You know, we're continuing to feel motivated and hopefully optimistic about certain things, maybe new things, and that we're helping others who maybe when they're feeling completely up against the wall to see a way around, or maybe the wall isn't as high as it actually seems to them, and you enable them to kind of get over the wall and get on to the next thing. So that's it's really essential in making this word not just a, a nice word and a topical word and a word to, to banter around, but actually a word that's operative and gives you a sense of, you know, when it really feels lousy and it really feels challenging, you go, what was that again? What was, what was going to get me through today? Yeah. And, and kind of step into that space and, and to actually get through the day. It's so true. So true. It's hard work. Being, being resilient is, it's, it's a lot of work and it takes sacrifice. And I think it's just like you said, I think one of the things that I really noticed in the beginning of all this, the COVID-19 is I said, this is going to take a level of teamwork that has never been here before, mm. that people have never experienced before. And, and that takes a lot of work and that takes a lot of sacrifice to understand. And what I say to people is everyone understands that wearing a mask is inconvenient. It, it's, it just sucks. But I don't wear my mask for myself. I wear my mask for the person in front of me. Because if people understand, and they can read this on any medical reports, it doesn't really help you not to, uh, it doesn't protect you from getting COVID fully. It's, it's like, I think it's like within the 20, even below that percent, that's how much protection it, it gives you from getting COVID. Right. But... It helps the spread. So when you're wearing the, the mask, it, it truly helps you eliminate the spread of COVID. And if we are working as a team and we are doing that, think about the results that we're going to get if we're all in sync. I mean, this thing will just be destroyed. COVID will be destroyed because we're all in sync. And like I said, it's that level of teamwork that takes resiliency and it takes sacrifice to be at. And I don't think, and I feel sad in saying this, but I don't think a lot of us are up to that challenge. But I think, right. and that's because, one, we, we, we've we let our struggles be the lead of our, 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 our tomorrow, our today, instead mm. of our the power of us uh, being resilient be the lead uh, for today and tomorrow. I think that you, when you mention that it's it's hard, I think you say a lot because when things get hard, people tend to retreat into a very binary code, so to speak. You know, it's do or not do, believe or not believe. Um, and politically speaking, you know, you're we're in this climate now. It's like red or blue. It's wear a mask or don't wear a mask. It's liberty or not liberty, you know, or right. it's impingement on my liberties. And I think that I'm not here to pick a side, frankly, but I am, I think the, the biggest message with resilience 
is that there's a lot more in the middle. It's like an Oreo with quadruple or 10 times stuffing. You know, it's, it's not that thin. It's, there's a lot in that middle stuffing that we need to consider before we jump to one or the other. Exactly. And I think that's where, um, again, you know, being in a, in a hardship tends to make you feel like I'm going to basically toss a corner. I'm going to retreat into a binary situation. And I feel like, you know, we are really in a, in a, in a, in a tough state with all of this. I mean, 2020 is like, it's no, it's no surprise that it's like, it's almost a binary year. It's 20 on one side, it's 20 on the other side. You know, it's like, it's, that's true. Yeah. Everything about it is kind of like crazy. Um, um, it's just uh, completely absurd in many ways in terms of how, what we're, what we're dealing with. And, you know, um, whether you're talking about forest fires now in the West, you're talking about hurricanes in the South, you're <sighs> talking about a hurricane that just hit in North Carolina, you're talking about, you know, droughts here and there, or whatever you're talking about. People are afraid to go outside right now. It's like, it's just crazy. If I don't have to go outside, I, why would I? Um, but anyway, I think that we, if we look at resiliency as not binary, as not just the idea of coping or avoiding or preparing, it, there's more to that story. I think that to your point, we're actually doing ourselves a much better service. And look, our industry, my industry in particular, the, the event uh, industry and entertainment industry, basically vanished in March, like Brigadoon in the fog. It basically yeah. went away and we're like, what just happened? You know, um, and while you may think you're prepared for it, for live gatherings to essentially go away and for the foreseeable look like to be safe are really not going to come back for a while. When? Don't know. Um, so it's a real test. And I think it's a test on individuals, but it's a test on ecosystems. It's a test on systems of systems because we all rely on everybody up and down the chain to do the things that we need to do for complex projects uh, to make them successful and to make them cost-effective, to have them go off on time. Um, and you have enormous amounts of technical equipment. You've got venues, you've got people, you've got online services, offline services, you've got all kinds of things. And so to think that there's only one or the other way out or in or whatever is, is really selling all of it short. And I right. think that's where we come back to whether it's resilience or whatever word makes sense for anybody. You know, I think that this particular word makes sense for many of us just because it gives us strength and focus and the ability to maybe leverage other things that people are doing to get us by. And I think that's the thing. Buying time is really interesting right now. You know, if you're playing, again, going back to the sports metaphor, if you're not losing, you know, in, in a traditional sense, you're not winning and you want to win. In this particular state, not losing is not losing. And that's not a bad thing. You know, so yeah. buying another day to have an opportunity maybe appear or to see a new way out or to have another idea or to have, get a call or make a call or whatever is really, really important. And I think that's that's a key thing right now, too, to what do you do when you feel like you've run out of options? You know, I think there's still much to do in terms of just getting in, you know, forward, moving forward and building that resilience that you only own. Your own resilience is yours. And I think that's a tool and that's an asset and that's a kind of a brand quality for your own brand, your own personal brand that's indispensable and lasts forever. Exactly. Exactly. I think the true and the other thing too about um, being resilient is is being innovative, especially during this time. And that's the thing yeah. that uh, one we we honestly we're proud. We we're not seeking out to be the best podcast. We we just love communication, and we I think communication is important for me. And I love talking to clients. I, I've been love in love talking to you professionals because I've learned a lot, and it has inspired me to be creative. And I think it's inspired me to be innovative. Also, um, speaking to everyone and learning new tools and be able to grow. And I think that's that's the true thing. Also, with resilience is is be able to create solution uh, from adversity. Yeah, I, look, I think, um, and you know, I've talked a lot about this. It's like, how do you codify uh, resilience? And, you know, while you can go any number of directions, you can do your own research and, and anybody can look it up. And there's probably 
incredible amounts of, of material out there that um, I'm, you know, either I'm not aware of or just because of people's curiosity they can find. But I think as, you know, you and I were talking, to me, there are, you know, specific aspects to it that, um, you know, this idea of innovation and invention, I, and I think obviously creating this podcast in a time of need is one of those things. And yet to say to somebody, build a podcast and to turn it around isn't, doesn't happen like that, you know, and, and, and I don't run a podcast, but I certainly know that even equipment alone and ensuring that you have the right way to host it, to record it and everything else. And then having your own ability to talk to people, to wrap your head around a topic and to propel it forward and to get a gathering and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's many, many different things. So when you talk about invention or innovation, it's implied that there is a process, that there are steps that you take and that there are probably steps that you need help with and counsel around and others that you maybe just make up as you go along. But either way, you sort of have to get to a point where now I can do this thing. It's now a, an actual thing. And so now when I do it, there has to be a new order of operations for me to do it the way that I think it can be done successfully. So it continues on this idea of a process and this ability of kind of breaking down these innovations and these moments of, of kind of like Eureka, like I, I, this is here now, this is now, what do I do with it? You know, that, that having the ability to, to, to step, you know, step that forward with the right milestones and the right dates and gates and things like that. So that, you know, that you're progressing forward and that it's repeatable. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a one-off, it wasn't a fluke, that you have to actually have a way of kind of recreating this and road mapping it into something that becomes a way that you invent. And I think maybe that's a nuance too, you know, in this idea of resilience, you know, how much is new? How much am I inventing? Or how much is innovation around resilience? And how much is just the way you build resilience? And that that combination of, you know, this time afforded me the ability to do something I would have never done before an accomplishment I would have never had before is the sort of nice return on investment as you build up your own ability to be resilient and to get through the day and to face adversity. So that it's not just about durability. It's about success. It's about building on new opportunities. It's about re-envisioning your future. And that's the pedestal you stand on when you build a repertoire and a skill set that we may call resilience, but actually amounts to many things that fit under that umbrella of preparing and coping at the same time. Did everyone hear that? Because that was awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's truly, it's, it's, it's the, like, I, I love it because it go to me, it goes back down to one thing is it's just the, and I feel personally that through life, as we grow, you know, things create bricks in the wall for us. And we have to figure out how to look beyond those bricks. And it becomes tougher and tougher because there's, as life grows, there are things that happen that, you know, whether bad or good, it just, it, there's things that get in front of you that you have to find a way to look past it. And for me, the like I said, what's vital in my life is communication. I think it's, it's truly important. And I think one of the things that had helped me say that we, I, I, I need to create this podcast was through teamwork of my clients telling me that they, they need solutions in communication. And so once, once all these things started coming together, I had to do this. I had to say, okay, I, I can't sit here and have all these things build a wall in front of me. For example, I, I've never done a podcast. That's that's one of the adversity. I've never done a podcast before. I didn't know how to do a podcast. You know, so I had to start peeling away those bricks to be able to see beyond and be able to see the solutions that I can get to, which was feeding my clients what they needed. They needed communication. They need to be able to communicate with uh, the their communities. And, and, and it's been something so interesting to learn how to just to that part of being resilient is to learn how to peel away one by one to make sure that you get to the other side and i think that's that's the part of the innovation that i i'm trying to describe that had 
that came over myself and, and, and has gotten me to this point, has gotten me to speak to you, uh, has gotten to me to speak to uh, many incredible people. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, I suppose what you're talking about is, is almost, um, it's sort of a process of almost unlearning or, or, um, when you say stripping away, it's almost like, how, how am I dealing with consequences of, of prior decisions? Or, you know, some of these factors may be factors that you attribute to your own decision-making. Some may not be, right. you know, some, some may be incidental, but, you know, someone who has a pioneering spirit who's looking to move forward and do something interesting and new will own all of those bricks and will have to take them apart. Otherwise they still exist. And I think if you intend to move forward, you know, you don't want to be impeded by anything that you can eliminate. Um, you know, I think um, we have to figure out uh, in each, each of our own ways, you know, what, what all of this means to us and what stands in front of us. And I know people, again, I'll refer to our industry just because um, it's, it's, I'm intimate with it and it's important to me. But, you know, part of our organization, part of the time we dedicate is to a project called production support. And that's a mental health awareness endeavor where we try to source funding for people who are who tour. And that could be on um, on a concert touring schedule or on a business to business production schedule or whatever. And if you've worked with people in that industry, you know that they're either always on or they're off, you know, it's a little bit like military deployment. You know, they go off for months on these tours and they hit it hard and they work hard and they work 24 hour days and they're incredibly dedicated to it. And they come home and much like, um, not to make light of any, anybody's situation, but it's almost like coming home and having this, you know, uh, confusion, you know, that, um, I'm not on tour. And so people have to deal with this. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we all have to look at our bricks in the wall as sometimes they're bricks and you can re kind of physically almost feel it. And other times they're, they're like invisible. Like I can't move forward, but I can't see them. You know, I really, I really don't know what's stopping me. And I think that's where other people may have to step in and help and you, and they can help you see those bricks. And, um, like you said, it's, I'm just kind of reiterating back your words in a way, but your teamwork and your team approach enables you to see those bricks, some that you can see, you can identify with others you can't and, and ways in which you can approach tearing them down. Um, and look, you know, if you're into masonry at all, which I had to do as a many, many years ago, you try to preserve as many of those bricks as you can, because you can potentially use them for another job. And so just like that metaphor, if you keep hold of those bricks, they're good. They're good stories and they're good ways of identifying, you know, um, how to move forward. And you can use a brick for a wall or you can use a brick for a road. And if you translate those wall bricks into road bricks, I think you're really in the right position to do what you're exactly what you're talking about. And this for us, for me in particular, I mean, obviously for, for our discussions, I started thinking about how to quantify these things. And there are kind of five things that I looked at to help us move forward and to, and to move into that innovation mindset and i don't know if it's worth talking through them but i know we don't have visuals but um you know to me they're they're fairly specific and i think it's interesting to kind of roadmap a little bit in terms of leveraging off of even your metaphor there and, and how do you move forward and what are the building blocks for moving forward go ahead go ahead and go through it. if you want to go through them okay. perfectly. i'll put i'll put it up if it's okay with you i'll, I'll put up your notes uh with your ep episode so people can um really get the gist of everything because i don't oh great i i think like 30 like 30 minutes for this subject it, it's not it's not <laughs> enough <laughs> <laughs> well no i think i mean i would love to have this be a group discussion you know because i'm sure as people are listening in they've got opinions and stories and all kinds of things and and that's part of it right but um yeah, and I think I can I can provide this in, in a visual form, too, so that it's easier to follow. But if you imagine, and this is how I think about it, as like a five-pointed star, and I kind of start at the top and go, all right, what does this point mean to me, and how am I going to 
get into this resilience kind of process. And that top point is like, all right, I'm thinking upwards. I'm being motivated. I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a good thing. So I kind of start there. And if, if you imagine that point is supported by two other lines, you know, so any, like, obviously the triangle is the strongest shape, you know, so you think each of these five points are really strong because they're supported by two other sides. And to me, that top one is resilience. So start at resilience and go, all right, know that resilience is a process of equilibrium, just like everything we talked about. It's yeah. not one thing. It's a combination of coping and preparing. So it's a combination of looking at how do I prepare for the future? And there's a lot of great resources on this. Um, if you look up on uh, McKinsey.com and you look up resilience, you'll see a number of really great organizational strategic plans around how to build a resilient organization or to prepare for resilience and investing in agility and speed and flexibility. And so I'm not going to act like an expert here, but I'm going to say, listen, start with identifying your goal, which is resilience, and, and it's got to motivate you upwards and thinking about resilience as a combination of preparation. And then the other side, which you touched on really beautifully, is ingenuity. So how do you take your own fresh approach to that preparation and focus it to a direction? And I think great thing about preparation, like your Kobe Bryant analogy, is that all of that preparation buys him time on the court in a game. And the great things happen, the really beautiful, elegant, fresh, new, inventive things happen in that white space between I had to think and I didn't have to think. And that moment of doing the things you're great at gives you a little bit of a moment to do something that even you are surprised you're able to do. So thinking about resilience in those two ways, that more the more you prep, the more great things are going to happen in that space. The second thing, if I'm going clockwise, and I guess that really doesn't matter. So if you're, you know, prefer to go left or prefer to go right that's completely up to you my retail mindset has me always going right um but um the second part for me is resetting you know so resetting your plan is really important because let's be honest it's either you're going to reset it, it's going to be reset for you and the worst thing about adversity is feeling like your whole agenda is being dictated to you I can't do this. I can't do that. And, you know, when you refer to mask wearing, it could be simply that people are just being t t tired of, of, of being told what to do. You know, it's like, I, I want to do what I want to do, you know, and so I'm going to take it out on a mask, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, obviously not the, not the way you want to do things, but it happens, right? So resetting that business plan and understanding that by resetting it, you actually have to reconstitute a plan. It doesn't just... It doesn't serve you enough to just tear it down. You have to replace it with something. And that's where I say, like, I think we've talked a lot about pivoting in this market. Companies mm -hmm. talk about pivoting, um, which conveniently is also a big aspect of playing basketball. But pivoting, to me, sounds a little annoying. It's like, oh, we pivoted, we pivoted. But that doesn't really say anything. That just means you're doing something else. Maybe you've turned to certain degrees and you've, you've doing, you're doing your same thing, but you're doing it slightly in a different direction. I think it kind of understates the importance and misleads what's really happening, which makes actually pivoting a really important word, if you think about it the right way, is that it changes your scenery. It alters your perspective. It forces your mind to open to new options. So if you're really pivoting, truly pivoting, and not just saying you are or changing, you know, trying to sound marketing correct, that you've actually turned your business a different direction and said, what can I do with this? And the beautiful thing about looking in a new direction is you're tapping into other unrealized aspects of potential in you as an individual and you as a company. And there could be anything from dormant and sideline assets, things that you've had that you haven't really used to expertise that you've had and you've never really tapped into um, or raw abilities that, you, that you've had and, and never really looked at as an asset in your business. And by reassessing those things and reconstituting your business plan or your personal plan will unlock all kinds of other new ideas and new possibilities for you. And that in itself is not a panacea. It doesn't really solve all your problems. But immediately, I think you started to see that the resiliency aspects of preparedness and looking at how you are 
opening your mind up and setting your goals up for ingenuity are starting to come realized by looking at your unrealized potential and new aspects of approaching those challenges. So then the third thing. So then now what do you do? You know, you sort of geared up, you've got yourself ready, you understand where you're headed and you're starting to plan, you're starting to prepare. It's now time to experiment. So that third point is experimentation. And again, each point has two sides. So two sides of experimentation are recognizing that one, there is no new normal. And maybe that's sort of, I don't know, is that controversial or is that sort of accepted at this point? The new normal is something that it's almost like I liken it to a security blanket that never covers your feet. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's there to make you feel good. But at the end of the day, it's never going to satisfy. And you can't get sucked into this idea of new normal because, frankly, if you want this really trying time to be an asset of yours or to be a conduit to new opportunity, then normal is not going to help you. So it's a cozy term and it makes you feel like, okay, things are stable. We're moving forward. Um, I think the best thing that's come out of this is that discomfort and that gnaw of discomfort is really going to drive your inspiration. So in the spirit of experimentation, don't latch on to normal and don't get too consumed with this idea of new normal happening anytime soon or, or ever happening potentially. And then you focus the other aspect of experimentation is risk and reward. We talked about this at the top of the call a little bit. You know, risk and reward is something that essentially allows you to understand that this sort of the old adage of nothing ventured, nothing gained. If you don't try to get in that uncomfortable space and to invite new opportunities and new risk into your daily life, then nothing is going to change. So you have to begin to risk failure. And I hate to say that word because everyone's like, I don't have room for failure. I don't have the mental capacity for more failure. I don't have any money to fail with. But that's not, that's not the thing. The thing about this is what you're trying to do is exercise those latent skills or that sort of those areas of your arsenal that you've had that you've not really fully understood its application. So hopefully what the risk is, just being uncomfortable, is that sort of the way to look at it. And to move into this idea of acting against that discomfort and recognizing that it may not pan out. It may turn out to like, oh, that's why I never went into music because I really can't play guitar that well. But actually looking at notes again and looking at songs again, looking at music again, opened my mind to the entertainment industry, the music industry, or something else I hadn't thought of. And there's, there's the game that potentially comes from this. Is something can come out of it that you wouldn't have approached and wouldn't have looked at if you hadn't risked anything. And, you know, we're not really good students of our craft if we're not risking anything, if we're not trying new things, if we're not uncomfortable. So that idea of experimentation will begin to pay off. So the next thing, and the fourth point on the five-point star then is a mentality. Because you can imagine as you're risking and as you're looking for reward, and as you're thinking about experimentation, and as you're trying to go, I'm doing this to be more resilient, right? I'm trying to really replan my life and, and move forward. It's this idea of what, what's my mental state that's going to survive this new approach and this idea of building this sort of metaphorical calluses on my fingers and on my psyche to move forward. And this is where, you know, again, Tiago, you talked about sports and coaches and things like that. You know, practice, it makes success. And, and, and you can't really be resilient if you just see it as, I can play basketball, and therefore I should be as good as Kobe Bryant. You can't because, like you said, he's going to continue to elevate his self and his skills, and he's going to solicit you know, coaches or weight trainers or psychiatrists or endurance or nutritionists or whomever to continue to develop his skills. So that mentality of you know, continuing to deal with the rigors of resilience is really key. So mentality is broken into two parts to me. The first part is EQ, and the second part is a break-even mindset. And so while EQ on the one side um, probably sounds super pretentious, like, okay, this is, this is now going to get into this uh, psychodrama of emotional intelligence. And 
But I think the thing is this, if you want to get into emotional intelligence, you want to look at EQ and all of its neurological kind of pathways and psychological benefits, go down that road. I, I recommend it. I think it's awesome. And I think probably in our industry, a lot of people have read about it and understand it. But what all I'm saying right now from an EQ standpoint is that that sort of human instinct, that that idea that we have a primordial ability to overcome obstacles is built into our DNA. And that sounds really crazy in a way, but it's there. It's just over time, it's become atrophic because we don't really have to leverage it. We get in the car, we drive somewhere, we wait for a light to change, we get to our destination, we exchange currency, we get the thing, we go do it. We're not really up against too much adversity all the time. We're not really stressed about, you know, how am I going to get five miles to you know, a body of clean water and get it back, like some people are in this world. Um, so, but I think it's tapping into that EQ that says, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to have a mentality of, it's not going to stop me. Obstacles aren't going to stop me. And I'm going to be patient. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen a week, but I'm not going to lose my goal. And I'm not going to lose faith in myself in terms of getting there and being fulfilled. And then the second side is, so, okay, I'm, I'm emotionally secure, right? I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like flexed. Now what? And the other aspect of the mentality is a break-even mindset. We, we talked about this too. If I don't have to lose, it's a win. So yeah. think about breaking even. Um, it may sound a little bit defeatist, but I don't think it is. I think it's more holding your ground. It says that, you know, in a world where we're really accustomed to having to make quarterly growth, annual growth, double-digit growth. We've got to get a raise. We've got to, if we have employees, we've got to get them motivated by giving them bonuses and everything else. Right now, if we could just break even. In other words, if we can just not spend any more than we're gaining, and that relative flatness means that we've not lost. We've maintained. We've survived. And, you know, Elizabeth Warren said, uh, or was accused of persisting, right? It's like, we've persisted. And there's enormous strength in that. Not losing ground right now is as good as winning 10 pieces of work, as good as any good victory in the past right now is not losing ground because everyone I think feels like things could slip away. Yeah. So mentally preparing yourself to dig in and then understanding that breaking even is actually kind of a win. And then finally, the last part is before we kind of come full circle is leveraging proof. And that's where we give ourselves a mental break. We give ourselves mental encouragement. And that leveraging proof is comprised of two parts itself. One is stay the course, one is alter the course. And you can see where this is going. So as you look and analyze what you've accomplished and what those other four points have gotten you, you analyze it and you study it and you make judgments on it. And you say, listen, right now, I have now, um, set out on a course. I'm focused. I've done all the things that I think I can do to move forward. What have been the results? And when it comes to staying the course, it's like, wow, I actually see myself getting stronger. I see there being success. I've met new people. I've tried new things. I find new abilities in my own self. I've made it another day. Because I've made it another day, maybe something new and, and good has happened. Or I've learned something new about me or a partner or another, you know, potential vendor or whomever else. And it keeps me going. So it's like now keep the course, stay the course. Or let's say there's an evidence of decline or I've risked something I shouldn't have risked or I've, you know, experienced some other setback or, um, you know, my structure has changed. My, my world has changed in another way. Then I think it's, Let's take a few steps back. And that's where I think you go back maybe to in this whole process, go back to step two, you reset. And then you think about, all right, I'm going to reset, but I'm going to think about new experiments, getting my mentality right and reassessing and getting to proof. Once you get through that step five, you know, I think that you are now in this idea of looking back at resilience in that, in that first point and go, have I gone there? Can I look forward? Is, is there a brighter day ahead? Um, and I think that's where for us, for me, for the last few months, it's been going through that process and points in time, you're hitting that process in different points, depending upon if it's your business or if it's your personal life or if it's other types of ventures that you're involved with. You may not be at each point in that star 
at the same time. But the great thing about it is that you don't have to be. You know, the point is to know where you are, to have that sort of frame of reference and situational awareness, to know that where you are is part of a process. And there's enormous amounts of calm in that and getting you forward. And also, even if you're feeling negative, that you know where to go forwards and where to go backwards. And I think that's really, really key in terms of navigating the future as things may have permanently changed, things may be temporarily changed, but we just don't know. So the best thing to do is invest in your own machinery, right? Your own mechanisms of moving forward, your own mechanisms of building resilience and being resilient and understanding what that means to you. Wow. I feel like everybody right now needs to go get their mental gym towel because that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's towel it, off a little bit. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Towel off a little bit. That was a great workout. Um, it's, 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 it, but it's so true. It, everything, every point from resilience to resetting to experimenting and mental breakdown and, and then leveraging your proof. It's, it's, it's such a incredible process that, you know, like you said, it takes work, but it helps you be calm and it helps you make it through it. It just helps you, it, it organizes your steps so you can have this, uh, low blood pressure and be able to make it through adversity and be able to drive through it. It's like we talked about, we talked about wall, wall and building the road. I mean, these are literally steps in creating that road. I mean, you, you, you have to reset that wall. You have to experiment what to do with the bricks. And then you, ha you have to mentally create that road. And then you have to start moving forward and start building on that road. And, and, and the thing that you also said earlier, and, you know, don't don't throw away your bricks. You're so correct because you never know whose house you can build with those bricks. And Absolutely. It, it, it's, and it, it, you just have it's and like uh, we've said throughout this episode. It, it's it's a selfless act, and it's such a, a different level of teamwork that that it takes to be resilient. That I I, I I'm truly inspired by hearing all of these. And I, I hope that people take these steps and, and really think about it and see the power that that we can have inside ourselves to be that effective drive forward for each other, not 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 just ourselves. Yeah, I look. I think a word like this can be convenient and meaningless, or it can be meaningful. And I yeah. think it's only meaningful if it's functional. Uh, and like we said, I mean. You know, you, you're, you're doing this podcast and you're doing a great job at it because of a reason. And it's because of being able to see those bricks move forward and mean, mean something. And I think that if anything comes out of, you know, sharing um, a process like this or a conversation around a word that you're definitely going to hear again, you're definitely going to see in industry um, periodicals, you're going to see on television, you're going to hear on you know any medium that you're tapped into um it's a motivating term potentially but only insofar as you know what to do with it so listen i really appreciate talking to you about it tiago i admire enormously what you're doing with the podcast i love listening to the other episodes i learned so much and um you know it's a really real privilege to to be part of a little community here that's growing rapidly um and you know as we all look at this and we're all confronting our bricks i mean i think we're all uh, in it together and um you know i look forward to the day when the podcast shifts into wow what an amazing industry we're in and how successful everybody is let's talk about you know all the great things that are happening post-covid and and with all the learnings in place and all the great inspirational things that have come out of this podcast so tiago thanks again so much having me on i appreciate it thank you so much for everything I, yeah i i truly uh, hope that once COVID is over this uh turns to a tabletop meeting with a couple of drinks and a great celebration of i'm in getting through adversity so but ben thank you so much for your time where can people find out more about you and hear more about what you're doing yeah great question so um my organization is original syndicate uh, you can go to original, I'm sorry, original is uh, And, uh, we also have an application that we're, that we've rolled out since June. It's called remote XR. And that is a, 
a great meeting tool, virtual uh, green screen, uh, remote meetings and events tool. And you can go to remotexr.com for more information there. But uh, yeah, um, in both both cases, there's a an outreach on those websites. And, um, you know, I will definitely respond to any questions. And as well, uh, Tiago would love to keep in contact with you as, 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 as learnings continue and, and very happy to expand on this conversation at any point. Awesome. Awesome. Ben, thank you so much for your time and you stay safe. You too. Thanks again.